Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. isn't he good as you can probably tell pastor's voice sounds a little crazy today I'm on enough drugs right now to put down a dinosaur just so you know not like crazy drugs I just got like some I don't even know what I'm taking my wife been giving it to me and I'm on about six different teas right now I got seven ounces of honey in me so my staff told me if there was ever a day that I get to say something crazy it's today because I got an excuse amen and let me tell you something right now if my voice cracks today while I preach and you laugh at me I will take you out back because I'm holy but I'm still hood come on somebody I'm just kidding I'm just kidding love you. I'm glad that you're here today. Come on, if today is your first time at the Legacy Church and you're visiting, can you just throw your hand in the air? We don't want to embarrass you. One, two, three, four, five, six. People, hands all over the room. Thank you so much for being here today. We honor you. I believe we might have some something for you out at the connection table uh, today after service. Uh, I, I, again, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it to preach today. Lost my voice Thursday and Friday. I was at a men's conference. What's crazy is I lost my voice before I ever got to the men's conference. Then I got to the men's conference and it just got worse. Yesterday I was laid up in bed wondering how I was going to get up here and preach. But how many of you know that God is a healer? Come on. I don't ever lay around in bed. And I laid around in bed till 1 o'clock yesterday. Come on, somebody. Kind of felt good. But uh, I'm excited to get to be here with you today. I'm going to use this microphone just in case I cough into it and I can pull it away. And I usually use a microphone when I got some preach on me, so I don't know what's going to happen today. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm going to try to teach. I'm going to try to teach, but we'll just see what happens. Amen. Maybe I'll treach today. Maybe I'll treach today. We don't know. Come on, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Come on, Jesus. Come on, that's what happens when you surrender, church. You can get set free. Hallelujah. God, we worship you. Father, I thank you for this young man right now. God, I bless him in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for his surrender. Thank you for his boldness to just get up and testify to the goodness of God this morning that God he could not be silent for if he was silent the rocks would have cried out this morning but he's been set free by the power of the Holy Ghost and his surrender God we thank you 
for everything that you're doing here at the Legacy Church. God, continue to work and move today. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. Man, today's going to be good. We're finishing out and closing out our series on Let's Get to Know Him. We're in part nine today. And I am preaching on Jehovah Shalom. I'm preaching about the peace of God today. The peace of God today. This whole thing is flowing together, let me tell you. Because Let me just say this, because you can't never get to the peace of God if you don't surrender. I said, if you don't never surrender, you can't get to the peace of God. Judges chapter 6 and verse 11. The Bible says this, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth tree, which was in Orpha, which belonged to Joash the Abrazite while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Hold on, y'all. The brother was hiding. But yet God shows up on the scene and tells him he's a mighty man of valor. Next verse. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where is all his miracles which our father told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord said to him, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel with the hand well, from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Skip down to verse 22. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. From all of my time and study, y'all, I believe that the angel of the Lord is Jesus in the Old Testament. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Shalom be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Gideon was afraid he was about to die because he was looking at God. You, you, you don't get scared about dying if you're just talking to an angel. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. He called it Jehovah is Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And to this day, it is still in Orpha of the Eberzites. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help me to teach and preach this word today. Father, hide me behind the shadow of your cross. Anoint me for the works of the ministry to exhortate your word today, God. Illuminate my mind. Bring to remembrance and let me preach and speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit of God. We'll give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So as you can see today, we are covering the name of Jehovah Shalom and bear with me for just a minute as I set the table. 
And that name means that God is peace. So this name given to God in this moment is a name that describes his character and nature. Remember what I've been saying this whole time. The names of God reveal to us his character. They reveal to us his nature. They reveal to us who he is. And he's saying here in this moment to Gideon, I am the God of peace. That I am peace. Amen. So you don't serve a God who has peace. You serve a God who is peace. Come on, somebody. You, you don't serve a God who just has peace. His name is peace. Amen. Here in Judges chapter 6, it's been more than 200 years since he has revealed himself as Jehovah M. Kadesh, the God who sanctifies. Joshua has long since died. The land had been conquered and divided among the tribes. There was no central government and there was no worship going on. It was a period in which every man did what was right in his own eyes. The country is full of idol worship and they have been handed over to the Midianites for the last seven years. The Bible says that God handed them over to the Midianites because of their idol worship and not remembering their God. And he did so to judge them. A new generation had arose and had forgotten him as Jehovah Jireh who would provide. They had forgotten the blood of the lamb above the doorpost at Passover. They had forgotten about the miracles in the wilderness. They had forgotten about the battles that Joshua had won because the Lord was with them. They had forgotten about Jehovah Rapha who was their healer who could take care of their infirmities, their disease and their sorrows. They had forgotten that he was Jehovah Nisi who was with them in battle and that had given them every single victory that they had won. It was a period of alternating prosperity and adversity. Prosperity and adversity, sinning and repenting of slavery and deliverance. They would grievously sin against God and then they would cry out to God in repentance and he would raise up a judge to deliver them. Hence, he is raising up Gideon in this moment. Amen. It was trying times in the land of Israel. Yet God goes and finds him a man who is willing to fight for him and reveals himself as Jehovah Shalom. Can I just say this real quick, that God is constantly looking for a man. He is constantly looking for a woman of God who he can reveal himself to. Did you notice in all of these names that we have preached that he shows up to somebody and he reveals himself and delivers a name unto the individual or the individual sees a revelation of him that they have not yet seen before and they place the name of God on him. Hence Jehovah Jehovah is peace. God is looking with his eyes to and fro on the earth and he is looking for a man and a woman of God who will step up and answer the call and be the man and the woman of God who can change a generation. So God finds a man with all this chaos going on and he delivers his name as Shalom. There's chaos going on in the world around him, yet God shows up on the scene and says, I'm the God of peace. The Hebrew word for shalom also has these words as its definition. Harmony, hmm. wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. Ah, this is some good stuff. 
Because God steps onto the scene with Gideon and he tells him, I'm Jehovah Shalom. He is saying, I am the God who is here to harmonize with you. Come on, we can become one with him and start singing the same tune. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. You know what happened? That's what happens when harmony starts happening. They are two people or more that are doing the same thing. They're singing the same notes. They are flowing together and it sounds good. Come on. That's what Jehovah Shalom wants to do for you. He wants to harmonize with your life. He wants you to harmonize with his plan. He wants you to harmonize with the books that are already written about your life in heaven. He he wants you to be so in tune with him he wants to harmonize with you in your life and for your life to become a beautiful song in the earth come on somebody God wants to harmonize with his people because he is Jehovah Shalom come on Sh Jehovah Shalom wants to make you whole meaning he wants to make you complete not lacking anything amen Jehovah Shalom wants to prosper you that's right, I said prosper. Come on. That's one of the definitions in his name when it comes to the Hebrew word of Jehovah Shalom. That word prosper has been hijacked by a few clowns trying to get rich. But the Bible says that if he wants you to prosper in all things, just as your soul prospers. Let me help you today. Your soul is the richest thing on the face of this earth because your soul has been sanctified. Your soul has been redeemed. Your soul has been washed in the blood. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions ought to be the richest thing on the face of the earth because God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Come on. God wants to prosper you just like your soul prospers. This ain't a get-rich-quick scheme. Come on, I'm trying to tell you, I don't care how many zeros I got in my bank account, I'm prosperous. Everywhere the soul of these Jordans walk, it is my territory. Why? Because of the finished work of the cross. I'm prosperous. I have nothing to fear. If I'm broke, I have nothing to fear. If I'm rich, I have nothing to fear. If I'm in the middle, I have nothing to fear. God wants to prosper you in every way. He wants you to prosper in your finances. He wants you to prosper in your relationship. He wants you to prosper in your marriage. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Come on, he wants you to prosper in your ministry. He wants your business to prosper. Can I just say it like this? God doesn't want you to be prosperous and be taken care of so that you can hoard it and put it in your barn. God blesses you so that you can be a blessing to other people. Man, I said I wasn't going to preach. Mm. come on he wants to prosper you he wants to prosper you go read Ecclesiastes and tell me that God don't want to bless you Ecclesiastes the whole book says that you should enjoy the fruit of your labor come on he has watch this he has plans to prosper you why are we so scared of that word we don't need to be scared of that word God has plans to prosper you he wants to prosper you he wants to prosper you. Can I just say this too? Prosper does not mean scraping to get by. Prosperity and prospering doesn't mean that you're just filthy rich. But it means that you are not scraping to get by. God does not want you scraping to get by. The problem, I don't even know why I'm going here, but I'm here. Some of us, the reason why we are struggling is because you won't put seed in the ground. We, have, we live in a generation that wants a harvest but will not plant. 
And let me tell you, sowing and reaping is the key principle in the kingdom of God. And it just doesn't have to do with finances. You want peace? Stop sowing chaos. If you need finances, sow a seed. I'm telling you, I've watched this thing happen all throughout my life. I'm telling you. We've got to stop expecting harvest where we have not planted seed. Come on, somebody. Amen? He plans to prosper you. He wants to give you welfare and tranquility. Do you want to know? I looked up the definition of tranquility. It's real simple. It's one word. It means calm. You want to know what the Greek word for tranquility is? Calm. It just means that you have, that you are calm, that there was a state of calmness upon you, that, that you don't get riled up very easily. Come on. God wants to help your life be calm and not chaotic because when it's calm, you have the peace of God and God wants to give you good things. Come on. If you're thankful for a God who is Jehovah Shalom, can you give him a hand clap in the house? When we talk about shalom in the Bible, we talk about it from three levels. There's peace with God, there's peace with men, and then there is peace within. Peace with God, peace with men, and peace within. We're only going to handle two out of the three today. But as I teach today, I want you to really understand and get a hold of this concept with every level and every key that I give you today. The concept is this, that God is the source of it. God is the source of it. So go uh, keep that in your mind as I go throughout this. Amen. So key number one I want to give you is that in order to understand him as Jehovah Shalom, you've got to understand some things about peace. And one of the things about peace that you've got to understand in the kingdom of God is that you needed peace to be made with you and God. Peace to be made with you and God. So when you look back at the Old Testament, the peace offering was one of the blood sacrifices of which the shed blood was the atonement of which the reconciliation and peace were made. Atonement is a theological word uh, for it was paid for. Amen. In the peace offering, the reconciliation between God and man, broken by sin, but now atoned for, paid for by the blood, by the shed blood, was indicated by the first act. Both God and man, priest and people, partook of the offering. The various shades of the meaning contained in this word shalom in the Hebrew indicate every blessing, temporal or spiritual, is included in restoring man to that peace with God that was lost in the fall of mankind. Isaiah 53 and 5 says this. He was wounded for our transgressions. Come on. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement that brought our peace was upon him. Amen. And by his stripes, we are healed. Romans five. Excuse me. Romans five and verse one says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 and 14 says this, For he himself is our peace. He is our peace 
and have been justified by he is our peace who has made both one and was broken down he has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commands what are you trying to say pastor I'm trying to tell you that because of the fall there was hostility between God and mankind I'm trying to tell you that because of the fall there was hostility between you and God I'm trying to tell you that because of the fall and sin in the earth there was hostility between God and me and God had to wrap himself in flesh come as a man and he was crushed for our iniquities he was bruised for our iniquity he was crushed for our transgression his blood that was shed became the peace offering for you and for me come on I said there was hostility between mankind and God and he had to make peace with it he had to make peace with it God made peace between us because we couldn't. Come on, somebody. Come on. Is anybody thankful for the blood? Is anybody thankful for the cross? Come on. Is anybody thankful that he was wounded for your transgression? That he was bruised for your iniquities? Come on. You do understand what a bruise is, right? It is where blood is, where you get hit by something and blood is trapped inwardly. Come on. Iniquities. When you hear that word and you see that word in the Bible, iniquities means that inward sin. Come on, somebody. It's that sin sin that you think nobody knows about come on it's that sin that you got rolling through your mind it's that sin that you did when nobody was looking come on he was bruised for your iniquities he was crushed for your transgressions and that is some good news because that means that it was all paid for and it was all bought there was a peace offering that was made between God and mankind and right in the middle of it holding it together was the blood of Jesus Christ we needed to make peace with God. Amen. We've been justified by faith. We've been justified by faith. So there was a peace offering that had to be made between God and mankind. That's point number one. We needed peace with God. Amen. The second thing I want to show you is this. The peace of God was and is transactional. Y'all ain't get it. I said the peace of God was and it is transactional. Notice with getting the peace of God towards mankind, a transaction took place. Jesus, the peace offering had to come so that the transaction took place. His blood for our sins. His death for our life. He resurrected so that we can resurrect too. Are y'all getting this this morning? There was a transaction that had to take place in order for mankind to have peace and not enmity between him and his creator. There was a transaction that took place. In a book I've read on the names of God by Nathan Stone when talking about this word shalom, the basic underline, he says this, this is a quote, the basic idea underlying the various translations of this one Hebrew word. Remember all those words I gave you in that definition. Harmon, it's a harmony of relationship or a reconciliation based upon the completion of a transaction, the payment of a debt, and the giving of satisfaction. So a, a transaction took place 
between God and mankind. Jesus came and he became the peace offering. Now we can rest in the finished work of his cross and we have been made right with God because of the transaction that Jesus made for us. Then Jesus comes and he starts making statements like my peace I leave with you and peace I give to you in John 14 and 27. He is the God of peace and the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit or one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit that you have him in your life is that you have peace. Amen. But let me just tell you something about peace. Peace is available to you. Peace has been given to you. But it will be up to you whether or not you keep peace. Mm-hmm. Come on, it will be up to you whether you sustain it or not. It'll be up to you whether you sustain it. It'll be up to you whether you steward it. What God says is already yours. Peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. God is saying that peace is ready and that peace is available to you. That peace is yours if you'll just reach out and grab it. But you sustaining that peace will depend on how you live your life. Come on, peace is free. He said it's yours. I leave it with you. I give it to you. But whether you keep that peace or not will be up to you. Let me just say it like this. Can I say it how I feel it? Come, you just can't live any your way you want to and keep the peace of God. Let me try it over here. I said you cannot just live any old way that you want to and keep the peace of God. The peace of God will not rest on your life when you want to live and you want to act and you want to talk crazy. Come on, somebody help me preach. You just can't do what you want to do. You just can't say what you want to say and still obtain the peace of God that he freely gives you and wants to leave for you. You, you, you can't just live any old way that you want to. Come on, remember the word carries the meaning of transaction. Remember the meaning of peace. It means to live calm, to be calm, to be tranquil. Let me say it like this. You can't live crazy in the kingdom of God and keep the peace of God. You can't live crazy in the kingdom of God and still hold on to the peace of God. Come on, I said you can't live crazy. I'm going to say it till you get it. You can't live crazy in the kingdom of God and still obtain the peace of God. Keep the calmness of God. See, our God, he, he, takes, nap in the mid, he takes a nap in the middle of a boat in the middle of a hurricane. Come on, his best friend dies and he says, I think I'll stay four more days. If there was ever a calm in the earth, I think that's calm. But you can't keep that type of calm if you live in any old crazy type of way. Come on, Jesus paid a price for you to walk in holiness and righteousness. And when you walk in holiness and righteousness, you can walk in and have and obtain the peace of God and keep it in your back pocket. And anytime that you need to make a withdrawal, just pull out your spiritual billfold and get you some peace because God already paid for it and God said it's yours and you you have a hold of it. Come on, the peace of God. Come on, he asleep in a hurricane. If you're living crazy, you don't have that type of peace. Come on, that type of peace comes from a connection and obedience to God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That type of connection comes with obedience. That type of connection and that type of peace. 
comes from a connection with God. That type, let me say it like that. That type of peace is developed in a prayer closet. That type of peace is developed in intimacy where Jesus says, y'all stay over here. I'm going over here to be alone with my father. Come on. That type of peace is only connected and cultivated and developed with you and your savior and your king one on one. That type of connection is intentional. That type of peace is intentional. You don't walk in that level of peace if you are not connected to the vine. You do not walk in that type of peace if you are not connected to the vine. You can't keep or sustain peace when you're living crazy. Well, I don't know why God keeps letting me go through this. Come on, you have no peace in your finances because you're greedy and won't give to God's kingdom. You, you have no peace in your relationships because you thirsty out on Facebook looking for love in all the wrong places. And now you're unevenly yoked. Come on. And now you have no peace in your relationships. But yet you want to wave your hands in the air and wave at God and, and, and act like it's his fault. Come on. You have no peace at your job because you constantly run in your mouth about your boss who has the opportunity to give you the promotion. Come, come on, you have no peace because you gossip and you're calling everybody and then you wonder why at the end of the day you're alone. I ain't talking about y'all, I'm talking about other people. Come on, somebody. I know ain't none of y'all ever done any of that. Come on, you look around because you have no long-lasting relationships because you gossip, but you're still wondering where everybody went. Come on, you can't. Let me say it like this too. You can't hang with the devil on Friday and come in here and worship him on Sunday and then wonder why you have no peace Monday through Thursday. I'm trying to tell somebody the peace of God is ready and available to you. The peace, the shalom of God is available to you, but it will be up to you whether you keep it or not. Because a transaction has to take place. It takes, watch this, it takes holiness and righteousness to really sustain the peace of God. I'm talking about the peace, I'm talking about supernatural peace of God. That when all hell is breaking loose in your life and everything seems to be falling apart, you have a realization that God is actually making it fall into place. I'm not talking about just making it through the day. I'm talking about when everything has fallen apart. You have a peace. When there's a hurricane, you have a peace and are able to take a nap. That type of peace and that connection only come from intimacy with God. And it comes with walking righteously before the Lord. It comes with walking righteously before the Lord. Baby, did I not read that scripture? Can we get Isaiah 32, 17 on the screen? I just want to read this real quick to prove that I've got scripture to back up what I'm telling you. Watch this. The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quiet, quietness and assurance forever. What was calm, right? Calm. He's telling you that when you live right, you have supernatural peace because number one, Jesus has made you right with God. And number two, because you're doing what is right. I know this ain't popular preaching, but I can promise you that God would never tell you to be holy if you couldn't be holy. Holiness is not perfection, y'all, so don't miss what I'm preaching. I'm not preaching perfection. I'm not preaching perfection. 
Holiness means separation and distinction. Not that you're perfect and that you never make a mistake, but that your life is distinct from everything else around you. Your life don't look like the unsaved people on the assembly line at your job. Come on, your speech don't sound the same as your unsafe friends in the break room. Your phone conversations with your friend don't sound like a gossip. Come on, somebody. Come on, your life looks different on Friday night than your unsafe friends. Come on, righteousness and... Let me give you the Caleb McCall version, the CMV of 1 John. He says, don't get it twisted. Those who practice righteousness are righteous. Come on. Jesus, here we, here we go, here we go. Jesus pays a price that in Colossians 1 and Ephesians 1, the Bible says that you are now, because of your faith and trust in him, that you are now holy, blameless, and righteous in God's sight. Watch. You can never, you can never become that if you don't believe that. But once it takes that six-inch trip from your mind down to your heart, and you begin to believe what the Bible actually says about you, that even though your life might not look like it right now, you, as Paul says, I'm going to strive for the perfection that has obtained me. Not that I have made it, but I forget the things behind me, and I press forward to the things in front of me. Paul says, I ain't made it there yet. I ain't reached it yet. I'm not perfect yet, but I strive for the perfection which is Jesus that obtained me. And now the Bible says that I'm holy, blameless, and righteous in the Father's sight because I am in Christ Jesus so that now my life can begin to be shaped and molded into the image of his, which is the purpose of Christianity. Romans chapter 8. For you were predestined to be conformed and shaped into the image of Christ. Ah, that's good preaching. Come on. This is some good stuff, y'all. See, I told you earlier, there's a transaction that needs to take place. The transaction has already happened where God says, this is who you are. Even though you make mistakes, the Father sees you as perfect. Y'all missed it. The Father sees you as perfect, holy, blameless, righteous. So now, let your life look like it. Stop trying to do it, become it. Stop trying to do holiness, become it, because God says you already are it. <laughs> Stop trying to do to be, you'll be a doobie. Y'all have heard me say that before. We're done with that life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. You can't keep and sustain the peace of God living crazy. Walking in righteousness and holiness will have peace just sticking to you. It's a recipe to have peace sticking with you. And I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. It's 12.04. My first closing. I'm almost done. And all the people said that don't mean a thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. All right. The peace of God. Watch this. The peace of God produces courage. 
The peace of God produces courage. Looking back at our original text in Judges 6 with Gideon, God shows up and calls a man who is hiding, by the way. He's hiding, and he calls him a mighty man of valor. And he begins to have this dialogue with him. And Gideon begins to go back and forth with him. And Gideon has given him this big, long list of why I'm not qualified to be called a man of valor, why I'm not qualified to go and free my people from the Midianites. And Gideon all of a sudden realizes that he's talking to somebody that is not normal. And he says, if this is true, let me go get you an offering, God. Let me get a peace offering to see if you are legit. So he runs and gets his offering. We didn't read this part, but the angel of the Lord consumes his offering. The angel of the Lord, y'all, from everything I've studied is Jesus in the Old Testament. He comes in the flesh from time to time. The word of God, the angel, the messenger. That's what angel means, y'all, is messenger. We complicate this stuff. It's a messenger. So he runs and gets his offering uh, and gives it to the angel, and the angel consumes it with fire. When the angel of Yahweh consumes his peace offering, he realizes I'm standing here with God, and he says, I'm about to die. But God responds to him and says, don't worry, son, you've made peace. You've given me a peace offering. The peace offering has saved you. Not only have you made peace, but I'm here to show you that I am peace. Come on, somebody. Build me an altar and call it Jehovah Shalom. Now you know me as Jehovah Shalom. And because you know me as Jehovah Shalom, I give you Jehovah Shalom. That's some good teaching. Come on, there is something about a man who knows that he has been made right with God. Come on, there is something about a woman who knows that she has been made right with God. Come on, there is something about a people group who know that they have been made right with God. They might be given excuses in the beginning of the meeting, but by the end of the meeting, when they realize that there is peace between God and myself, there is peace between mankind and myself, there is peace within myself myself I have peace and it's been given to me those type of people are the ones that get dangerous for the enemy come on those are the type of people that go into battle with thousands and send them home and says I can defeat the enemy with 300 y'all ain't saying nothing that's Gideon's story come on I'm telling you that people who understand him as Jehovah Shalom they dangerous for the kingdom of darkness they got courage on the inside of them they don't let things hold them back come on I'm trying to tell you that when you know him as Jehovah Shalom and you know that God has made peace between mankind and himself and you have peace with your brothers and you have peace within you are a danger to the kingdom of darkness why because you ain't scared no more Gideon wasn't scared I'm telling you right now Gideon had a transformation in one moment because he recognized him as Jehovah peace he recognized him as Jehovah Shalom and he shifted from a coward hiding into a mighty man of valor And watch this. That's how God saw him before it happened. Try it over here. That's how God, remember what I said a minute ago? That is how God saw him before it happened. Let me tell you right now, that's how God sees you before it happens. When you know him as Jehovah Shalom and you recognize that God has made peace with you and him, you can be courageous and not lacking anything and be a danger for the kingdom of darkness and a light for the kingdom of God if that's you and you want to be a light and be courageous for the kingdom of God stand on your feet and give God praise for 10 seconds 10, 9 8, 7 6, here it comes so excited I forgot how to count praise God
trying to tell you, man, when you know God as Jehovah Shalom, you can become courageous for the kingdom of God. You can accomplish great exploits for the kingdom of God. Is anybody else besides me tired of living a mediocre life? Come on, I remember before I got saved, I grew up in the church, y'all. But before I really gave my life to God, I used to think, man, being a Christian got to be boring. But let me tell you something right now. I'm having more fun than I've ever had in my life. And let me tell you something right now, too. I remember everything. I don't wake up in the morning with a headache. Come on, somebody. I I don't wake up feeling shameful and guilty. Come on, I wake up with a praise on my lips and worship in my heart and a dance on my feet. And I have the Jehovah Shalom living on the inside of me. Hey. Ah, I got to go. Come on, Gideon is now walking in the peace of God. Knowing that God has got his back. He's walking in the peace of God. Knowing that God has got his back. That God has chosen me. That God is for me and not against me. Gideon went from hiding to walking in confidence. Might I say Godfidence. Because Gideon knew that that stuff didn't come from himself. He knew that that came from the shalom of God. He started walking in Godfidence and he became a mighty man of valor. He became a warrior that took on armies and ran them out of Israel. He took on all the pain. He took on everybody in his zip code. Come on, somebody. He took on everybody in his city and tore down the Asherah poles. And he he took down the idols. And he said, anybody want to come get it? I'm right out here in the yard. He said, I'm done with living this lifestyle. I'm done watching y'all live this lifestyle. I have courage on the inside of me. I've got the peace of God on the inside of me. I've got the fire of God on the inside of me. Come on. Is there anybody else within the sound of my voice that says, I want the shalom of God? so I can have the courage of God. Ah, He goes from hiding in the wine press to tearing down the entire nation's idols. He goes from hiding to taking on every sinner in town. He goes from hiding one day to sending his entire army back and he says, I'll whoop these jokers with 300. That movie 300 is based off the Bible. Don't let them lie to you. Come on, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you that Jehovah Shalom, when you know that the blood of Christ has made peace for you, when you know that he's called you, when you know that he's chosen you, when you know he's redeemed you, when you know that he's handpicked you and that he has your back, you can walk in confidence. You can walk in confidence. You can have courage. And can I just say this? And I got to hurry. Courage is courageous. Let me try it over here. Courage is courageous. Do you remember the story of David and Goliath in the Bible? David jumps up and says, Lions and bears have come at me, Saul, 
and this Philistine will fall in the same way. Saul says, you know what, son? You talking crazy, and I like it. Go fight that giant. Go take that sucker down. And he took a rag and a rock, and he took down that giant. But you want to know what happened? Courage became courageous because the Bible says that the sons, uh, that the, the, the children of Israel began to take their swords out, and they began to chase the Philistine army because of one man's courage. It got contagious and it got on everybody else and they said if that little teenage boy can kill a giant I can kill a Philistine and they began to run after that army and they began to drive back the enemies of God I'm telling you that I'm telling you that courage is that courage is contagious come on what would happen to your neighbor if they seen you walking in the courage of God Ah, what would happen to the people at your workplace if they seen you walking in the courage of God? Ah, come on. What would happen to the people in this city if they saw us walking in the courage of God? What would happen to our nation if the state of Tennessee would rise up and start walking in the courage of God? I'm telling you what would happen. We would begin taking down giants and taking down every enemy that comes against God's people. I got to go. I'm almost done. <laughs> Watch this. I got to hurry. You can't have peace until you're spiritually minded. You cannot have the peace of God until you are spiritually minded. Romans 8 verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you catch that? You can't have the peace if you're carnally minded. The Bible says if you're carnally minded and walking around in your flesh that you're an enemy of God. Therefore, you have no peace because the enemies of God don't get peace. They might get love because he makes the sun rise on the just and the unjust, but they don't have no peace. Come on, if you're in the flesh all the time, there is no peace between you and God. There will be no peace in your mind and the decisions that you make will be chaotic. You have to be spiritually minded having to have access to the peace of God that he freely gives you. Well, I don't want to be so spiritually minded that I'm no earthly good. I want to be so spiritually minded that I'm earthly incredible. To walk with the spirit and under the spirit and power of God on this earth is an incredible thing. I want to be so spiritually minded and sound that I'm earthly incredible. Can I give you a, a quick remedy to how you get and keep the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing. Y'all stick with me just a second. I'm almost done for real. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. 
you cannot draw from a well that you never visit. Come on, you cannot draw from a well that you never visit. The peace of God that is available to you that says be anxious for nothing, but instead with prayer and supplication. You want to know what supplication means? It means pray and then pray some more. Pray and then pray some more. And sprinkle it with thanksgiving. Come on, and make your request known to God, and the peace of God will be with you. You can't have access to the peace of God if you are not a man or a woman of prayer. I know it was super deep, wasn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm tell- if you don't pray, you don't have access to the peace of God. It just said it. Make your request known to God through prayer and through supplication by praying and then praying some more. If you don't pray, you do not have access to the peace of God. That's why when everything and all hell breaks loose in your life, there's no peace in your life because you don't even know where to turn to. You, you, you haven't thanked God for the victory that he says is already yours in the prayer closet and you have no understanding of the peace of God because you won't be a man or a woman of prayer. I ain't talking about praying, you know, for your food. God is good. God is great. Thanks for the food on my plate. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you shutting the door behind you and turning on that worship music and praying and and seeking your father in secret so that he can reward you in the open. If you got to turn on the worship music and turn your phone on, do not disturb. I am known for that. Praise God. I will turn my phone on, do not disturb, in a heartbeat. And all y'all getting the voicemail. Why? Because I'm locking myself away with God. I got business to handle with God. Come on. If you need to turn it on, do not disturb and pray for 30 minutes as you commute to work. Pray. That's where the peace of God is available. If you need to get up at 4 or 5 in the morning to go pray, that's where the peace of God is available. If you need to stay up till 11 and 12 at night to get 30 minutes in prayer with your Savior and your King and your God, go in there because that's where the peace of God is found. It's available to you, but there has to be a transaction. Ah, there has to be a transaction that takes place. You've got to step into the room with the presence of the Savior. And when you do, peace is available to you. Peace is available to you. You've got to be a man or a woman of prayer, and I'm closing. For real this time. Give me worship tea. Y'all just play something lightly. I don't know where we're going with this. last point I want to make to you is this is that we have access to peace that other people in this earth don't have access to because of Jesus Christ say it again we have peace that not everybody else around us has access to because of Jesus Christ Gideon's name for Jehovah finds its full expression in the New Testament It's frequently applied to God 
who is the God of peace. He often in his own person, he, uh, he in his own person is perfect peace. He says in John 14, 27, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. In John 16, 33, the Bible says this, there, uh, these three things I have spoken to you, that in me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, tribulation, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He is the Prince of Peace that is promised in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Before his birth, Zechariah prophesied, he was born to God our feet in the way of peace. He did that by showing you how to live. The heavenly host sang shalom. The heavenly host sang peace on earth to men in Luke 2 and 14. Through him we have peace with God. He is to us the peace of God. There is no hope apart from this peace for either individuals or nations. First, he makes you righteous, what I talked about earlier. He makes you righteous, and that should give you peace knowing that you are right with God. Because he makes you righteous, you now have access to true peace knowing that you're right with God. Can I just say this? find so many Christians that are tor they're tormented and it's because they don't believe the finished work of the cross they walk around in guilt and shame not even knowing that God paid for every single sin that they would ever commit that if you truly repent, can I just say this? If you repent of any sin that you have got going on, 100% of the time, God forgives you and he forgives you immediately as soon as you repent. Repent ain't saying I'm sorry either, but it's about changing the way that you think about it. But as soon as you do that, 100% of the time, God forgives you. But I see so many queer Christians, they're, they're walking around in turmoil. And, and I talk to so many people and they beat themselves up because they just don't believe that God can do that they're like I know what I've done I know what I've been a part of and they walk around with this guilty conscience not knowing that Jesus blood came to wash it I'm telling you right now friends when you believe the finished work of the cross that's where true peace starts and you cultivate that peace by spending time in the presence of the Savior every single day you can develop that peace. You can grow that peace. Jesus says it like this, stay connected to the vine. When you stay connected to the vine and you're producing fruit, I will prune you and you'll produce much fruit, more fruit, much fruit. So peace is something that can be cultivated, cultivated and developed on another level. But you can't even get to that if you don't believe that God made peace with you and him. Can I just say this? If you've said yes to Jesus Christ, you are right with God. You're not where you was, and you're not where you're going to be, but right here in this moment, you're right with God because you're justified by faith that I was talking about earlier, and it's made peace between you and God. Now watch this. Let's just handle some business with the Lord. Come on. Every head bowed, not closed in the room.
if you haven't made a decision for Jesus Christ and you say, I, I don't know that I've, I've been made right with God yet. I, 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 haven't, I, I haven't partaken in that peace that you're talking about today, Pastor. I want to be made right with God. I want to give him my life. I want to be washed in the blood. I want to give my life to God today. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand. else too says I want to get right with God today anybody else three four want to get right with God today anybody else in the room come on as the family of God let's just say this prayer together stand with me on your feet individuals that are going to gain that shalom peace of God today let's say this prayer together as a family and don't say it if you don't mean it but if you mean it and you're going to give your life to him you want this peace that I said is accessible to you today I want you to repeat this prayer after me family of God say this say Father God I believe in you and I believe in your son Jesus I believe in the death the burial and the resurrection of God I repent of my sins and I give you my life wash me in the blood fill me with your spirit my life is yours in Jesus name amen come on can you lose your mind for 10 seconds because five souls just got saved and have given their life to God or given their life back to God and the shalom peace of God is in the room. Now here's, here's what I want us to do for just a couple of seconds. I want us to just worship him and when we worship him, watch this now, his peace is going to come into the room because his presence carries the peace of God. Come on, and if you've got anything going on in your life that's chaotic and there's storms going on, there's trials going on, there's any kind of tribulations going on, I want you to just come to the altar and just sit at the feet of Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, the shalom peace of God is fixing to invade your mind, invade your spirit, invade your heart. The shalom peace of God is available when he walks into the room. We're just going to spend a couple minutes here. We're not going to take long. But I want the shalom peace of God to step into the room by his presence. Come on, can we sing something worship to you? Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvashebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.